Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Caleb on, who is a physiotherapist. Hi, Caleb. Hi, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Good. Down in sunny California, which is uh, makes me quite jealous. Yeah, <laughs> you said you have some sun today, though. That's nice. Yeah, well, a little bit. It's it's starting to go that way. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, so do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do, Caleb? Yeah, so um, I'm a physical therapist or physiotherapist, depending on where you're at. Um, but basically, I help people um, who have injuries or pain or difficulties with their physical function. Um, that's basically what I do is I help people get back to the things that they want to do and overcome any limitations that they have. So in, in the setting that I work in, it's um, orthopedics and sports meaning majority of people that come in, they've either had an injury or they're dealing with some sort of pain problem, like anything about like low back pain or shoulder pain or things like that, knee pain, um, or some sort of traumatic injury where they've had surgery and they're coming back. And I help them um, basically regain their function, whether that, whether that means like coming back to just daily activities or even like high level sporting activities. And um, I also have a background in strength and conditioning so what makes that makes me, I guess, a little bit more unique than some physios is that I um, have worked with like a lot of higher level athletes. And as far as like getting them back to being able to like run faster, jump higher, get a lot stronger. So I have that background too, rather than just maybe the lower level physiotherapy stuff that you might think of if you've ever been to the physio. Mm. So where, where did this interest in, uh, in physicality and sort of physio come from? Well, I've, uh, my parents kind of pushed me into sports when I was uh, young and I've always loved sports. I've always been active. Um, and I played, played basketball, um, football, as you would call it, as us Americans would call it soccer, um, and baseball growing up, um, and dabbled in skateboarding and a little bit of surfing because I lived, I live, um, close to the beach over here in California. So I got a little bit into that. Wasn't very good at that stuff. So I stuck to the, to the basketball, uh, football and, and, and baseball. Um, but anyway, I started, um, exercise. Like I I did those for sports since I've been like five years old, but I also got into like fitness and like lifting weights and exercising outside of that. As far as like, you can think of like training since I was about 14 years old. Um, and then I've had some some injuries along the, along the way in the sports that I played, which got me more interested in physiotherapy because of the fact that I had to go through it myself, which is a very common story. If you talk to most physiotherapists, Mm. um, it's almost like we all have the same story. (laughs) Not all of us, but a lot of us, we got injured, we had a good experience and we're like, Hey, that's really looks like a really good job. It looks like very rewarding. I would love to do that myself. And then we end up going into it ourselves. So that's kind of, that's my background there why I got into it. So after from making that decision, did you then tailor your schooling um, and ultimately your degree into becoming a physio? Yeah. So it, it's funny. I, I already knew that I enjoyed it. And again, I, I had my first major injury when I was about 15, 14 or 15 years old. I had an elbow fracture. Um, oh God. A, That's a really, super painful, isn't it? The elbow is yeah. one of the worst places to do it. Yeah. And I, it was, it wasn't just a clean fracture. It was like multiple areas oh. of 
bone and cartilage and stuff sheared off. Um, anyway, I don't want to get into too much detail. Yeah. Like people woozy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, so basically I, I knew that um, I enjoyed the process of getting better and it was a good experience, but I didn't really think about it as a career choice until I was kind of forced to, to make a career choice. So yeah. over here in the States, um, when you go to university, um, a lot of uh, colleges or universities by your second year there towards the end of the year, they make you declare a major or what you're going to focus on. And to be honest, when I was in, when I was in college or university, I was playing basketball and all I really cared about was playing sports and having fun, really like a lot mm. of young kids. <laughs> I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, but then I knew I had to start to focus on something. And I thought, well, what, what could I do that would be rewarding? That is, I guess, sustainable as far as from a um, living perspective, like what's going to help sustain me in my life and my family, but also is enjoyable and rewarding and, and physiotherapy seemed like the right way to go. And I honestly, being 18, 19 years old, I didn't really know for sure. Mm. But then the more I got into it and took more specific courses on it, I started to love it a lot more. I got really into the biology and the physiology and kinesiology, which is like the study of movement. Um, and then once I got more into that, I, I knew it was the right, the right place to go. So I got kind of lucky that I, I made a spur of the moment decision, but it ended up being something that I fell in love with. And I've continue to be in love with ever since. Mm. And what was the decision to go down more of the sports route opposed to, um, because there's, there's quite a few different routes you can go down with physio, isn't there? Um, oh, yeah. so, so what made you choose the sporting direction? I mean, the, the simple and boring answer would be that I was an athlete myself and had gone through that type of physiotherapy. So it seemed like something that I really would enjoy. Um, plus I'd always been active my whole life and doing those sort of, or that sort of training or those sort of exercises fit right along with that sort of specialty of physiotherapy. Whereas if you work, there's physiotherapists that work in the hospital with patients that are sick and just need to need help getting up out of bed and walking around and, and which is still a, a very rewarding and, and great job, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. There's also physiotherapists that work with children with um, disabilities growing up um, that could be things like cerebral palsy or like um, hips, hip joints that don't develop correctly, or just many sort of issues that you can you can imagine some children develop or, or, or born with, mm. um, or even people that have had like heart attacks or strokes or spinal cord injuries, which at the end of the day, we're just trying to help people move and function better. Uh, but it, obviously it's a different subset of people um, compared to the, the sports and orthopedic route. But mm. again, that was a long-winded answer, but the short answer is just because I was involved with it myself growing up and I had experienced that a few times with a few injuries and it just seemed like something that I would really enjoy doing. It would come naturally and it did. So it's been a blessing to be involved with that. This might sound like a bit of a silly question, but what is the goal of a physio? I think you might've already answered it in that yeah. it's to make people move in a better way is that the overall goal to maybe increase flexibility or, or what are you actually trying to achieve yeah so it's not necessarily a, there, there's a lot of um debate between physios i don't know how familiar you are with that but some people are very precise about we need to move a specific way and then other physios are a lot more i guess you could say fluid with the fact that they say hey there's going to be a lot of different variability of movement between individuals and 
how different people are built or the tasks that they have to do in their life. So it wouldn't necessarily be, as far as I look at it, it's, it's not that you need to help people move necessarily better or perfectly. It's more help them function in a way that allows them to carry out their, their life in a way that's fulfilling to them. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I guess at the lowest level, you can think about somebody who, let's say somebody who's in their seventies or eighties and they just are very weak or they have loss of balance and they have difficulty walking because they're constantly tripping over their feet and they're, it's dangerous for them to walk without falling. Um, and so we can help them improve their balance, maybe improve their strength, maybe improve their ability to catch themselves um, with an extra step if they were going to fall, um, or maybe even give them the appropriate device like a cane or a walker to help them be more safe. Whereas mm-hmm. at the highest level, maybe it's somebody who plays, again, we'll talk about basketball, professional basketball, and they have a knee injury, a nagging knee injury. So we need to help them recover from that, maybe build up the strength of their muscles, maybe educate them or advise them on maybe ways that they can modify their current training so it doesn't keep aggravating the issue um, while building them up so that they can go back to their sport and be able to jump high and run fast without um, having issues with their knee. So those are just some some two different scenarios, but there's literally Mm -hmm. hundreds of different scenarios. So basically whatever your function is in life or whatever things are important for you to do from a physical aspect, we can help you do that. So that answers your question, right? Yeah, yeah. And at, at the level that you're doing it and you're working with these, you know, incredible athletes, is it more, it's more a fine tuning approach? I'd imagine, you know, these athletes now have so many coaches for so many different aspects of their life. Um, we've had yeah. a few strength and conditioning coaches on, uh, one that did American football. We've had some rugby ones on, and they talk mm-hmm. about how they all have to kind of fight for the athletes kind of time and and it's all about those tiny tiny percentages of of adaption and helping these athletes how how do you sort of go around doing that yeah so how i look at it is i talk with the people that i work with and if they if they have a team of people that they're working with um you kind of just need to see what you can provide kind of like you said fine-tuning i guess what you can provide that maybe they're not getting somewhere else that will help mm-hmm. them achieve the, the goals that they have. So for example, I work with a lot of people online actually. Um, and I've worked with like, for example, I worked with a, um, a national team member of a, of a, of the national basketball team in Israel, one of mm-hmm. their players. And he had an entire team around him, but he just needed specific exercises. Again, going back to the knee, he had a knee issue. So he just needed some specific exercises. Um, I guess you could say rehab exercises to help him build up his strength um, around his knees and kind of give him some advice on his current training because he already had somebody that was working with him um, in the weight room um, on his agility, on his basketball skills. So I didn't really have to worry about that. I was just in there to kind of fill in the gaps to help him recover and then give him um, some advice or give his coaches some advice so we could all talk about what they could maybe do a little bit differently to help him out and help him recover. Mm. But I've also worked with people who let's say they're not on a, on a national team or they're not on some professional team and they need kind of a full on um, comprehensive approach. Then I can educate them or give them a full workout program as well as specific rehab things within there to help them out. And then kind of, I'm kind of the one that's providing everything. Um, So it just really depends on who they have around them. Um, 
as far as how much feedback and how much advice and how much programming um, I mm. give them. Do you think the industry in itself, you know, people are becoming a lot more health aware and certainly, you know, people of my generation, we go to the gym a lot, we work out, we try and eat healthier and look after our bodies for, for you know, for longevity kind of reasons. Do you mm. think the industry that you're in is, is starting to grow and get even bigger because of that? I, I believe so. Yeah. I think there's more people reaching out to physios or even personal trainers, strength and conditioning coaches that maybe didn't do so before, because like you said, they already have all these other habits of trying to improve um, their quality of life. And uh, I think too, with the internet and social media and, and things like that, where people can see a lot more of what we do and it's almost like it's, it's much easier to find information. It's not like this, like, like you said, you kind of asked me like, well, what's kind of the goal of physiotherapists? I think it's becoming a lot more apparent what we do versus mm. in the past. Maybe people weren't really sure. They thought maybe you go to a physiotherapist to get a massage or to, <laughs> to, to, to you know, like they didn't know. Whereas now I'm seeing, even in the last few years, I'm seeing a lot more people come in and they already know like, all right, let's get to work. Um, what do I need to do to get back to this specific thing? I know you're going to provide me with, with exercise and advice about how to do this. Yeah, we might need to do some hands-on stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. That can definitely be helpful. Um, but it's people are a lot more aware, I think, because of the internet and it's a lot more out there um, as far as educating people on, on what we do. And I, I think when people, like you said, are a lot more health conscious and trying to make good choices about their health, I think um, they look to us when it comes to improving their function and their and their if they're struggling with pain and things like that, and just making sure that they're able to do that for the long haul. And they're not just kind of doing things that maybe they don't, they're just randomly choosing exercises or, you know, sometimes people, they just look things up on YouTube and they, they don't really know if they should be doing it. And, and we can kind of give them some understanding of, Oh, you know what? That might not be the most appropriate for you. Here's an alternative or, Oh, I think that's great. I think you're fine. Go ahead and keep doing that stuff. Just give people peace of mind as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes I see people only for actually a lot of times I see people only for one visit, like a consultation. Uh, they reach out to me. They they're just kind of unsure about how they're functioning or um, if it's safe to do certain things. And sometimes just getting that reassurance goes a long way. Definitely. So once you'd finished your uh, college degree, how did you get your first start in the uh, physiotherapy industry? Well, I actually my my professors in school they were involved in what's called a residency program, which is basically like continuing um, learning afterwards. So you can kind of specialize in the field. And they were heavily involved at that um, around where I graduated. So they actually kind of push a lot of us to go into that residency program. And I ended up going into a residency program out here in, in the States, um, so basically I saw patients and I was treating patients, mm -hmm. but uh, you get further um, training through like a, someone who's already been doing it for 15, 20 years. So it's, it's basically, basically like similar to what, um, I don't know how they do it in, in the UK, but how like a physician or a doctor um, gets more specific training based on whatever field they're going into. And they have to do that, at least in the States, they, they have to do that for additional, I think like four years or so. We, we only have it for a year, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it, then you can even, sorry about that. No then you can even, um, you can even specialize even further um, into what for physical therapists, we have these things and, and even physicians have this too, but things called fellowships where you even subspecialize even further. I actually did one after my orthopedic residency. I did one in sports, a sports fellowship the year after. So anyway, long story short, my professors kind of helped push us to um, get into that program. And it, it wasn't too hard of a transition because the way that they taught me at, at the school that I went to um, was in line with what they were looking for, for residents. So um, the interview process went well and I, I got in um, pretty, pretty much straight away after I graduated. I think we have a kind of very similar thing in the UK with the NHS. So I think okay. I'm pretty sure if you do the physio degree, um, you do some placement time um, within mm-hmm. the NHS. And then like okay. you say, you I think you specialize further down. Um, but, yeah. but outside of the kind of after university and, you know, placements or whatever you've done, is there a, a certain route into practices or would you go off and start your own practice? What's the common oh, kind of route? Yeah. So it's different for everybody, but I think the most common one is that a lot of um, physiotherapists over here will end up working for somebody else in their practice. So there's a few different ways you can go. I guess when you look at it, I guess in the, the specialty that I'm in, um, you either work for somebody else in their practice, you start your own practice, or you might work at a, a bigger setting, like a hospital setting, um, where you're not really like in the hospital with patients in their in their hospital beds, but it's like an outpatient where people come to the hospital um, to perform their physical therapy at like a, a separate building that's not necessarily a hospital, but it's it's affiliated with the hospital, so it's a lot. Um, there's a lot more members involved, at least here. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, I mean, there are some physiotherapists that get out of school and they open up their practice right away, but it's much more common for them to get experience, maybe working as an employee under somebody else first, and then down the road, deciding that they want to open their own facility. So it, it's, it's, I, I don't know how to, again, it's funny. Cause I, I say this stuff with a, how it is here in the U S again, I don't know how it is in the UK, but like, if you think about someone like a, a chiropractor, Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of chiropractors, they, they graduate and like so many of them right away, open up their own practice and it's their practice and they bring people in. Whereas a lot of physiotherapists, it's not really that way, even though there are some of us that do do that. Um, so it's a little bit different in that mm-hmm. regard. And f- for this, you know, career as a physio, what are some personality traits that you see in yourself and other physios around you that you think really help you sort of thrive in the industry? I think physiotherapists in general are very um, like compassionate, empathetic people that truly care about getting people better. And especially when you first come out of school, like we're the type of person who, if things aren't going well, or maybe a certain patient or client of ours is struggling, we will like lose sleep over it. (laughs) Like we're, we're, we're the kind of people where we, it's difficult for us to, um, ask for money for our services. Like we want to just give everything for free and just help people, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a detriment from a business aspect. But as far as like, um, helping people, like you can, you can see that a lot of physios, like they truly, truly care. We're not just doing it for, um, the career or making money or things like that. So I think that's something that a lot of physios or most physios have. It's very rare to, to come across 
Um, not that it's not possible, but it's very rare to come across physios that don't have that trait about them. And I think that really helps us, number one, connect with our patients and help our patients understand how much they mean to us. Um, but it also helps us to just give our best to help yeah. people get better. And you've you've really sort of taken your social media presence um pretty you know pretty seriously and you've got a really great profile with loads of really helpful videos on it about you know different techniques people can do at home how how much of that was sort of a a choice and you're like you know i'm gonna use social media as a tool to grow my business yeah it it honestly was kind of a combination of I didn't want to be that person who just came to work and, and saw patients and then went home every day. I, I, there's always a drive in me to do more. So it was a combination of, I wanted to just do more and, and help people. But like you said, also at the same time, knowing that, Hey, this is something that I can use to, to grow my business um, in the future and, and touch more people's lives. So rather than just the people directly around me, maybe seeing uh, anywhere from like, 10 to 15 people per day, I could be seeing like up to a hundred people a month, you know, online or, or not even just people I'm working with one-on-one, but also people that see my page, I could be helping thousands or hundreds of thousands of people um, just by them watching my content. And I think I you're, know, you're over 600k or something on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So, so when I yeah, when I said that the hundreds of people, I, I meant more like people in person, or not yeah. in person, but uh, working one on one online around the world, which has been amazing. I I didn't ever expect it to grow as much as it has. Mm. It was more just like, oh, maybe I'll take some people here and there if people are interested. But now it's turning into like a full on business, um, but which is great. But it's really really crazy is to think, like you said, like over 600,000 people follow me. And to have that many people being able to benefit from the information that I put out there or actually care about what I'm putting out there is pretty humbling and, and pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm, I feel definitely blessed to have that big of an audience. Did you sort of um, start learning about social media more as your, as your content grew or did you have a plan from day one or has it been pretty much like organic growth for you? Yeah, it's... Um, you learn as you go. You kind of have to. And I'm still learning new things now where maybe some of the people that are doing really well in, in like the social media space currently that are growing really fast, they probably even know more about than I do just because I kind of, I know things that have worked in the past. And so I'm kind of trying to catch up. And, um, but I guess from the very start, I did do a lot of research about what I wanted to do or how to make things work. And, um, you, you finally, a lot of people will tell you this, not just social media, but just business in general. It's like, if you, if you don't have the background in it and you're trying to learn about it, you can kind of drive you crazy trying to learn everything you can and do everything perfectly. And you never really even start. So you eventually just kind of have to dive in and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, but, but even saying that though, I, I did take months of really studying maybe what other people were doing, reading a lot of articles about it. Um, just understanding how I can maybe uh, use what I do every single day and how I can maybe translate, translate that in a way that every everyday person can understand. So I did do a lot of research from the start, but um, it, it never starts out super clean. Um, you kind of have to learn on the fly. And the more that you kind of push and, and learn, um, the better things get. And like I said, you, social media is always changing. The internet's always changing. So even though I've been 
successful in the past. I mean, if I don't continuously try to stay up with the trends of what's going on, um, your your account and your page and stuff doesn't continue to thrive. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's a constant. That's a constant. I, w- I wouldn't say struggle, but it's a constant challenge. Yeah. And for you, what would be uh, one of the biggest positives or opportunities you've had out of the industry so far? Social media, you mean? No, like physio itself, actually, the physio industry, yeah. I think um, just seeing people that feel down or feel like they won't recover or just feel like there's no other place for them to go or their quality of life has suffered so much and then just to constantly see these people daily um, kind of regain their quality of life back when maybe they've identified with an injury or a pain issue um, for so long, um, or even not even that long, even maybe it's somebody who has played sports all their life and has never had an injury, then they have this injury that seems like they'll never come back from it. And to see them come back is, is pretty amazing. So it's kind of an ongoing thing. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. experiencing that um, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly uh, is super empowering. And just it just makes you constantly want to keep going every day. You don't really, I mean, people talk about in our profession, you can still have burnout because you have to work with a lot of people. And it's a lot of um, not just physical um, breaking, not breakdown, but a lot of physical work, but a lot of mental work. So sometimes it gets, it, it can be draining to, to hear about a lot of people's um, stories and what they're going through and things they're struggling with like day in and day out, like, mm so many different people, but it, it does make it worth it to, to see how those people can recover. And as long as you have a good balance in your own life, you can kind of recharge your batteries and get back after it every day. And on the other side of that, what's something that was less favorable about the industry? Hmm. It's hard because I have such a positive outlook. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Have such a, I have a, such a positive view about the industry. Um, I'm sure there's something I could find, but nothing really comes to well, mind. Well, that's okay. If you, you know, if you genuinely love what you do, then if there isn't one, that's, that's fine as well. I mean, I guess the, the only thing, and this isn't really necessarily related to physiotherapy itself. It's more just kind of like how things have been portrayed, I guess. I guess one, one of the things is just, I wish more people knew or had a good understanding of what it is that we do. But like I said earlier, that's getting a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a constant struggle. Um, or especially in the past, it was, it was worse where people just really don't even know what you do or what you provide. And, and it's like, you're constantly having to explain things to people and, and like help, help them know that you're not just there to do exactly what the doctor said to do, because you, you make the decisions. You are a practitioner that can, that has expertise in the field. Um, again, I don't know how it is over there, but here a lot of times people come in and they go, well, my doctor said I needed this from you. Almost like you're just a service that they can pay for and you get given them exactly what they want. Yeah. Not understanding that we actually do an assessment and we evaluate people and we treat them based on what we find um, when it comes to like movement and exercise and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing that um, I guess was I wish was a little bit better that you kind of see a lot more of once you're working a lot. And then um, in the States here, we, the, the cost of education for physiotherapy is very ridiculously high. Um, and so what most physiotherapists make 
as far as a, a salary or um, income when they come out of school does not match how much they're paying. So that can, that's kind of a downside too, is a lot of students or new physical therapists, physiotherapists come out of school and it's, it's kind of a shock to see like, oh my gosh, I didn't, this is almost not sustainable. So that's, that's part of the reason why a lot of us go into the business aspect to help um, grow our businesses because that kind of offsets that burden of the debt that we get into after school. Yeah, well, that leads really nicely into our, our next question. Um, and we always talk about average incomes. So we go away and look for some yeah. data and then see if you would agree with that. So, yeah. for example, I'll give you the dollar amounts as well. In the UK, it's between 35 um, to 45,000 is the average income for a physio. So that's between okay. 48 and 58,000 dollars, I believe. Um, yeah. So does, is that, does that sound right for an average physio income? In, in the US? Yeah. Uh, let me just double check something. I'm going to Google this. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> just from just from what I know that a lot of physios will make coming out of school. So I would say here it's probably closer to, for, for new physical therapists, mm-hmm. probably somewhere between like 60 to 65,000 oh, okay. to, to, to 85,000. Um, sounds all right <laughs> yeah so so it's 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 it, it's good but like a lot of us come out of school and we already have like one hundred thousand dollars in debt or oh, wow. one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars us dollars in in debt so it's it's one of those things where if you look at it just on paper it, it looks pretty good but mm. when you think about all the debt that we go in for the education which is a whole nother problem um that's where a lot of times people can get have issues now if you have parents that can pay for that, then then you're set up pretty well. But if you don't, then that that's where you run into to issues. And so a lot of physical therapists will have side hustles or they'll start a business where they might just take cash rather than being um, rely on insurance to pay for things. So I guess to, to get on, go off on a little tangent here, mm-hmm. um, in the US, our, our ins- I know it's different because you guys have the NHS over there, but um, the insurance, we, we will we'll ask for services or payment from the insurance providers over here, the private insurance providers, but the reimbursements over, it's kind of weird, over time, they've actually been going down, but the cost of living has been going up. So what happens is a lot of the physiotherapy clinics out here have to see a ridiculous amount of patients every day um, where the quality of care goes way down. Um, because they're just trying to make it profitable for the business and for the, the, their employees. So that, that's a big problem. And I have a lot of physical therapists to combat that now are trying to um, either they take some insurance and some cash pay from, or from, from patients, or they just go straight cash pay because that way they can get reimbursed what they feel like would be fairly for their knowledge base and what they're providing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot, a lot of the insurance companies for whatever reason, just don't pay very well. So that's something that is, is a challenge. So that's why a lot of, a lot of us, including myself, um, have gone into the cash pay option where people just pay cash for their services. And what would be something that wouldn't be in your job description, um, but you have to deal with? Uh, I, I guess it, this is kind of a gray area. It could be my job, my job description, but when people are suffering from pain or injury or not being able to function like they want to be. Um, there's a lot of psychological aspects that go into that. 
Yeah. We are, we are not psychologists, but every single day we kind of have to help people from a psychological aspect, even if we don't even realize we're doing it. So I guess that's not necessarily in our job description, but we have to help, um, help people understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel or help them understand when maybe psychological aspects um, are influencing um, whatever detriment or, or pain that they're dealing with and either refer them to the right person to help them with that. Or if it's not something that they need to be referred out for, we still can use some of our own knowledge to help guide them through understanding maybe what, what issues they're dealing with, whether it be like a problem at home or um, some post-traumatic stress issue, um, we can kind of help them work through that, even though it's not necessarily in our, in our job description. And for somebody listening to this thinking, you know, I'd love to be a physio. I'd love to go down this route. What's something that they can do to help themselves stand out for a potential employer? I think, um, obviously being smart and, and doing well in, in school is great, but I think what a lot of employers want to see is people that are really good with people. So people that can really connect with people, carry on a good conversation, um, people that, that other people would want to really work with that they're drawn to. I think that's a, that's a huge thing. So improving your people skills can not be emphasized enough. Mm. Um, and then once they're in the industry, would you recommend they do a similar thing to you've done and, and embrace social media and, and help grow their business and brand that way? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. I mean, if you're not somebody who wants to give up a lot of extra time, maybe some of your free time, or if you already have a job that you enjoy just going into and you want to completely unplug uh, when you go home, it's definitely not for you. And I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're somebody who really enjoys um, kind of staying up to date on things or sharing information with a lot of people or um, if you are trying to grow your own business, I think it's, especially if you're trying to grow your own business, it's, it's almost a requirement now. Um, it's, a, it's a way that you can market yourself and you can market what you know and help other people out. And to finish up, um, would you still go into this industry now knowing everything you know? Oh, for sure. I love, I love what I do. So I, I, some of the stuff I answered earlier, I, I didn't mean to sound like I was being negative about anything. It's just, I think because you asked it, I had to bring, I had yeah. to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I mean, as a whole, I think it's an amazing job and I'm, I'm so happy that I'm in this career and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat. Um, it's been really interesting. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. And, and where can people find you on social media or your website or anything like that? So social media, really the thing that I'm active on every single day, which is where I put like nearly all my time is on my Instagram. And that would just be Dr. Kayla Burgess, which is dr. Period, um, Caleb Burgess. And then um, I also have a Twitter, which I'm very rarely on. And that's the same thing without the periods in between. And then I also have a Facebook page, which is basically just regurgitated information from my Instagram. <laughs> and then uh, I have YouTube, but really to make a dedicated YouTube page and content for that, I, I do not have the time to do that with all the time that I put into my Instagram. Um, but I basically provide that for all my personal clients. I have a bunch of, I have, I don't know, maybe 500, 600 videos that I have on there that is basically exercise descriptions for my my online clients that I work with around the world. 
Um, so you can, you can subscribe to me on there, but I don't really have any public videos right now. Um, and then my website is basically just drcaleburgess.com where you can find out more about my, the services that I provide. Brilliant. Well, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.